Hi, I'm Jamie Stegmeyer, and you're listening to Board Chitless. Hey there, chitheads, and welcome back to another episode of Board Chitless. I'm Lecky, and this week I'm joined by Tristan. And we've got a very special guest in the form of Darren Marks. He's the graphic designer for Whole Nothing Productions, as amongst many other freelance projects. You can see his work on Gloom of Kilforth and 1066 Tears to Many Mothers. Welcome along, Daz. Thanks very much for having me on, guys. Pleased to be here. This week we've been playing Escape the Curse of the Temple and Scythe, but um, so people don't get too bored of us constantly going on about the brilliant game that it is. We decided to look more about the Otoma rule sets from Morgan Peterson. Escape the Curse of the Temple from Queen Games. It's a real-time dice roller. Adventure game. Adventure bit of a puzzler it's um absolutely wacky there's a definite is he cheating aspect to it oh yeah <laughs> totally so so basically in this game you take on the role of a pseudo indiana jones guy looking at the front cover who's exploring a dark temple and you've got to escape a curse and you've got 10 minutes to do it there's a soundtrack counting down the minutes and every something like every three minutes you'll get a big gong sound and at that point you've got to race back to the start and then the door slams shut, and if you get caught before you get back to the start, you lose one of your five dice that you get to use to try and navigate the dungeon. Yeah. So you're flipping tiles to explore, and then after the door slams shut, you go running and exploring again, and you've got to keep exploring this temple looking for the exit and collecting crystals along the way. Uh, And when the gong goes the third time, that's your last opportunity to get out before the door slams shut. So you've got this physical soundtrack timer counting you down. And it's real time. So you're all rolling dice at the same time to try and get out of rooms and find treasures and stuff. Yes, and it's a little bit horrible in terms of trying to keep track of what the hell is going on. (laughs) And who the hell is going on. Yeah. Yeah, as well as the movement, it's the audio as well, because it's the the soundtrack, which does get a bit unnerving, and it does get the, the heart rate up. And it's the sort of like clacking of everyone's dice and some dice falling off the table as well. Yeah, not a quiet game either, but uh, yeah. enjoyable, we'll say. There's a couple of expansion modules which we didn't use as well, which add fun things like if your dice does go off the table, you don't get it back. <laughs> uh, and like if you fail a trap, you have to keep your hand on your head and roll your dice with one hand and stuff. Yeah, it's super thematic, isn't it, with all those sorts of things. And um, so the whole idea of you going out and collecting the gems, you've got a big pool of gems in the middle of the temple. And the, I think you start off with a three-player game. There's about 13 of them. And as you collect them, then the pool dwindles and that means that you can escape a bit more easily because you'll they represent how many successes you'll need per player in order to escape. If only starting with five dice, obviously you need to get it lower than five. And the dice have like unique symbols on, don't they? So you, can, you, you might have to roll torches yeah. or running or keys, was it the last one? Keys, yes. And then there's black curse faces. And if you roll those, you actually lose those dice. And then to get yeah, them back, you have to roll... In, yellow faces that unlock them again 
And you can unlock the faces for other guys who've rolled themselves into death. Yeah, you can help them out of trouble if you've not wandered off on your own into the middle of the temple like uh, I managed to a couple of times. I think Daz managed that as well. Well, I think we all managed yeah, that at all, some point. We, um, it's one of those games where the first game we all lost horribly. The second game we did a little bit better and the third game nailed it. We still lost horribly in the second game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. It was nice in what, so that's 30 minutes playing with the, the curve. We went from absolute tools <laughs> to, uh, and we were celebrating quite a bit when we managed to jump out of the last <laughs> the last room for that final game yeah uh, there was it was like wow at the, f- yeah. at the first game I was like what are these extra gems for why would you want to increase the difficulty <laughs> and then after the third game we're like yeah should we put some extra gems in <laughs> throw in the expansion stuff as well we can do this yeah but, and, uh, but it's quite neat the tile flipping thing so you're just exploring I mean all the tiles kind of look the same and they've all got doors coming off and stuff but it's quite a cute little sort yeah, of yeah. cursed temple it's, adventure thing. it's artwork by like formulaic artwork isn't it yeah. but then with the expansion materials there's lots of really cutesy things going on with that yeah so there's a lot of thought that's going on behind it and it's a super thematic game considering you're just chucking dice down and swearing at each other <laughs> just nice simple color recognition which is quite hard under pressure i've realized <laughs> so you're looking for the green running man and the red torch um and it's yeah, quick thinking kind of thing with that but uh no it's really nice and simple and clever isn't it yeah um, and you just I have to roll so. really yeah. fast and yeah. hope for the best <laughs> did anybody else notice that they were suffering from icon um dyslexia so <laughs> yeah. you'd, you'd be rolling trying to get a man and a torch to escape a room and then you'll roll them and then accidentally pick up your dice and roll again <laughs> definitely we're looking at the wrong tile it's like if you've ever searched a pdf for one word which you have to like <laughs> correct the spelling of or something and by the time you've read that word 30 times, it's meaningless and you don't even know what the word means. <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of the same with the dice after you've rolled them like 100 times in the first 20 seconds. You're like, they're just pictures. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I think I had an element of uh, colour dyslexia as well. It's, it's, it's just, um, yeah, you, simple but hard to keep track of it when you're rolling so quickly and... Uh, 100 miles an hour. Yeah, but, uh, and whatever yeah. you say about it, it does not stay its welcome at 10 minutes per game. It's pretty tight. Yeah, yeah, not at all. And especially with, like, you're making these super basic decisions, so you're really just deciding, do I want to stay in this room and move into the next? Do I want to try and flip a tile, or do I want to try and score some successes? But because you've been pushed constantly by these jungle drums in the background, <laughs> you, can't, you, you do start making mistakes, and it's weird how they push you into little corners. Definitely, yeah, communication's quite key as well. We, you know, I find myself in the first game just in my own little rolling dice world where it's like you need to let people know what yeah. you're getting. And definitely, because uh, if you don't, you yeah. just end up with five black dice yeah. <laughs> just looking <laughs> at the like, curse emblems. Like, okay, so? guys. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we we all learned pretty quickly to grunt at each other once we've got a, uh, a yellow dice base. Yeah. Red torch. That was <laughs> but it kept you key. Whatever it is blue. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's um, interestingly, I bought this to play with the family, um, but it was a bit too intense for the family, like a bit too scary with the soundtrack and everything. There is a sand timer you can use instead, um, but I see I foresee the big problem with that being that people would just ignore it. There's no <laughs> bong or whatever when it gets to like the yeah. bottom, so you would just like be rolling and rolling, and 30 minutes later when you finish the game, like, oh yeah, we probably ran out of time a while ago. Yeah, you could substitute it for like a sports timer or something, couldn't you? Yeah, wear it, like, an alarm it, clock. It wouldn't be as thematic. It wouldn't be the same. It's nice to have the, the beating of the jungle yeah. drums when the gong goes off and stuff. And the third one, it's, I don't know who it is, the... Uh... 
the temple emperor. <laughs> what does he say? Escape. <laughs> but he says it like with a really thick, like, I don't know if it's a German accent or something. It's just like, escape. Yeah, very unnerving. But uh, yeah, it does get you going though. But uh, Yeah, it's a funny one, isn't it? Because being only 10 minutes long, it's a really great game to fit in before bedtime or to fit in before you're going to go out to work or something. But it gets you so like, hyped up g'd up <laughs> yeah like you're, like you're not actually going to do what you plan to do at the end of the 10 minutes you're just going to like smash out another three or four games yeah no it's an interesting one I, don't, I didn't i didn't know how it would go down well with you guys to be honest i thought it might be a bit too light for the group sort of thing but yeah. like you say as, as a starting game um starting to appreciate the value of these much shorter games now that you can crowbar in before anything else yeah uh, and in that respect it's it's quite cool that you can just grab some bones, start rolling and run around a temple and yeah. try and escape. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And um, it'll be interesting to see how far they can push the mechanics of the game, you know, in terms of the expansions. Some of them were really novel. So there was like... Yeah, we're going to have to try with the treasures and curses. Yeah, so there's like curses where they lock you into trying to find particular dice rolls just for you. That's it. So so if you draw... If you, I think if you draw a cursed tile, you have to roll yourself out of it by matching whatever sequence it asks for, whether it's three torches or whatever. Yeah. And each of them has a, a significant punishment, like put your hand on your head or silence. You're not allowed to talk. Or if your dice roll off the table, yeah, you can't get them back. Forever. Yeah. Or you're just stuck in there until you can roll yourself out of it. So various little things. And then there's treasures as well to sort of counterbalance it a little yeah. bit. And if you unlock the treasures, you can take them with you and spend them to get like two successes or whatever. Yeah. That's a nice little addition, isn't it? Yeah, I felt um, we assume like, having not played it <laughs> well, exactly. I felt like the uh, the push your luck element of the game works so well. Um, I'd be rolling away and trying to get one extra torch so that we can get and you know the gems a bit a little bit quicker. And then before I've known, it, I've like locked all my dice up and then I need someone's help, and then I've got stuck and then I've lost an arm. Why is Lecky sat there with his arms crossed? <laughs> Why aren't you rolling? No. Yeah. Why did he stop shouting? What's going on? <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely, definitely a nice, fun, quick game. What was the price point on this one, if you don't mind me asking, was it? I don't mind you asking at all. I wish I could remember. I don't know. I think it was, I'm guessing, about 30 quid or something. And I'm not entirely sure. But all the expansion materials came in the box, didn't they? It's yes. Like sort so of I'm like assuming there was expansion. like earlier versions didn't include those because it refers to them as expansion modules, but they're definitely included with with this particular one and it's queen games who get a, a mixed rep i think but i think they've done all right with the components and everything the dice are nice the tiles are okay they're quite bright and yeah. colorful and there's not really there's not really much else to it there's yeah. wooden meeples and well everything's pretty durable isn't it like yeah. nothing's gonna break or rip and it's one soon. to five players eight ages eight plus apparently uh real time plays in yeah 10 minutes and it comes with a CD, but not, I don't think anybody uses CDs anymore and to download the soundtrack. <laughs> and I think there are alternative soundtracks as well. So we'll have to play a different one next time and listen to different kinds of jungle Ooh, noises. Interesting. And maybe a different voice going, it's good. <laughs> Might be slightly more Polynesian. Man. That's <laughs> couldn't help but bring Scythe back to the table this week and we've covered it before we covered it in the first ever episode of board checklist and we covered it previously as well we've also talked to james stegmeyer in the past so um loads of episodes that you can pull out and learn a bit more about the game or a little bit more about the designer behind it 
Um, but the reason why we brought it out today was to look a bit more at the Otoma rules. We've spoken about those sort of in passing, but we never really played with them for the podcast. We did have uh, Morton Munrad Peterson on as well, who designed the Otomas uh, with his team. My God, is there anyone that was involved with Scythe that we've not interviewed? Perhaps, <laughs> perhaps the artist. Yeah. But yeah, so we um, we went for it, didn't we? We had four or two rounds. Yeah, we literally game. went for it. So we've got we've got the expansions. We didn't put the wind gambit in this one because I didn't read the Otoma rules in time. So there's three of us versus four Otomas. Not really. It was all versus all. So the Otomas yeah. were fighting each other. We were fighting each other, um, and we used both the expansion races as well the togarans and the albions yep um which makes for an incredibly cluttered board and quite a lot of bookkeeping i used the app to the scythe kick app which is yeah. strongly recommended to anyone considering the automa rules because the automa rules are pretty complex is that official stonemaier games development it, or is that it's blessed by stonemaier i think i don't Brilliant. think it's um but it's sort of like fan base yeah it's yeah built by a fan and um brilliantly implemented and it replaces the deck of cards that you would need for each ai automa opponent kind of thing nice we ran four of them on the easy setting the automata setting um and went at it and there was a little bit teething problems as we started to try and remember a how to play and b I was trying to remember how to run the ai yeah um but once we got going i think that went very quickly quickly uh, but maybe it was a bit much for the three of us to just throw everything in together. I don't know. It, it felt, it, it got real very quickly, didn't it, really? <laughs> um, Daz, you've played the game a few times before. Well, how did you feel playing with the AI element? You won the yeah, last game you played, right? No, I did pretty poorly in the last one. Okay. Um, I think you won the <laughs> last like, one. Like winning, the, but the, the one before. But the opposite. <laughs> um, as, as I said, it was pretty cluttered um, and spaces got taken up pretty quickly. It did increase the amount of combat, like the few games I've had had of it there's not been loads of combat um and it was quite nice just going into skirmishes without any of the sort of fear of upsetting you or lucky <laughs> <laughs> so you could get a nice yeah a few early battles in and I got a few combat stars for that um but I think it all went to my head later on when I took on Tristan in a in a <laughs> final power a struggle losing yeah power struggle towards the, the end factory, really, but, wasn't uh, it? yeah so um I don't know it 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 brought combat a bit more into it than more so than I've seen in previous games. Um, but yeah, there, there was the, the the factor of the upkeep. Um, but actually, it it did seem to speed up, and Tristan was you know on top of that, um, and it didn't really cause too much confusion. Um, and setting up, it just yeah gave me a bit more time to plan my strategies whilst <laughs> Tristan was setting up the app. But no, I, I think it was uh, yeah. It'd be interesting to see what they're like on the um, higher difficulty levels. I don't know. Um, just wipe the floor with us. Yeah, I think I think so. Maybe, but I I don't think I could handle it. I got thirty four <laughs> points that game, and they didn't get. In, I didn't even get in a fight, let alone win one. Um, it was very unlike you, to be fair. I don't know if it, you were just off your game, was, but you, I think you placed one star, which, what, which I've never seen you do that before. Ridiculous! It was a pity star. You were star it shy. Was, <laughs> it was well, I worked starstruck. Re- yeah, I worked really hard at getting all my enlistments out, and then once I'd recruited all my little lieutenants, I just kind of went to sleep and turtled. <laughs> um, I was, I seemed to be doing a lot through the game, but I think I was just kind of going through the motions and trying to avoid the automa plays. A bit too much, and trying, I was I was probably being a bit too good at not really interacting, and then that came back and bit me on the bum because when everyone had got 
quite a few stars out and Neil Thomas had got most of their stars out and we were starting to think about end game. I was like, oh no, I'm not even thought about mid game. <laughs> and it just, I couldn't really recover at that point. Um, so it was just bad strategy and planning, I think. They do, the Automas, even on the basic difficulty, they do spread across the map at an alarming rate. Yes. And because of the nature of this game, it's not really like Eclipse where you can build like a mega army to go and wipe out your neighbours. Your power fluctuates so much, you might get a couple of good wins, but then you spent all your power doing the winning and yeah. you've got to build all that back up again. But whilst you're doing that, you have to be building your monuments and your people and listing and all of that stuff. So there's so much to balance. And I was quite alarmed at one point in the game when you and I both had two hexes, <laughs> yeah. a two hex empire, whilst uh, Daz, you'd spread out quite significantly. And then all around us, the board was just filling with this sort of quite aggressively quick moving AI. It was being mobbed, wasn't it? But the, the but then it was quite funny when they started smashing each other up. Yeah, exactly. But the Otome don't actually play by the same rules of the game as the players. So they like workers won't move one hex at a time, and neither will mechs. They'll kind of like teleport to the sort of leapfrog. Hex. Yeah, I think that's a beautiful part of the design. To be honest, it's you, really good. You don't have to play the full turn of the Otomas. Yeah, you just get a sense of what they're doing. You don't um, have to worry about resource management. You don't have to worry about the resources. You don't even use the secondary board to, you know, see what monuments and stuff they're building. Mm-hmm. All you get is the impact of their moves on the game. Yeah. And it's very cleverly done. You know, they generate gold, they generate workers and mechs and stuff, and they do all the things that are going to directly affect you without any of the sort of boring upkeep that you would have to do if, if you were running them as a full, like, player. Um, so I think in that respect, they've Morton and his gang have yeah. sort of captured that those core elements of play really well. Uh, and even managing four AIs tonight with the app, we we were rattling through their turns pretty quickly. Yeah, the um, the AI turns went past really quickly. We sort to we started to get a really good idea of how they did move around and how they like conduct strategy and stuff. So you could see which pockets they might possibly move into, and if if you've left a worker at the edges periphery of your territory both of your hexes alone you know they're going to get attacked so you need to like back them up with a character or with a mech and yeah. um I, I kept putting mechs down and just not moving them for fear <laughs> that like someone's going to come in and sweep across my uh, territory yeah they do go for your workers if you leave them they'll pick yeah. they'll pick off your workers if you leave them unattended they were using your tactic which you didn't use today which was the factory rush as well because mm. um they kind of brought the factory into play yeah quickly much earlier yeah. and that's what when I've played you, Lecky, that was that's normally you're you're all about the factory, so maybe they took the wind out of your sails with that one. Um but actually it was the first time that I've ever sort of um gone near the factory and I never used to um in pre- previous games get too sort of like hung up on that. But yeah. when I got near to Tristan towards the end, I just got this rush of blood for the, the factory and it seemed more important than it was I guess well you took it with the wrong unit didn't you you took it with a mech (laughs) so you didn't get the factory card which threw a little confusion into the mix but um yeah they took it early the Tagawa AI took it and controlled it for a long time yeah Uh, and then they started rocking in the middle whilst we were sort of snaking our way towards it um but then even by the time I did get the factory um I got to use the actual factory card once uh, before Daz ended the game by placing his sixth star yeah um and as always with scythe you know it ends way before you're ready for it you know you after so many games with it you'd think i'd see it coming um but and even like talking about it it's like oh it must be ending soon you're still looking at your board going but i need to put down like all these different resources and monuments and 
Yeah, there's always four more goes that you need, isn't there? Even <laughs> yeah. when you think you're playing quite comfortably. Ten more resources. Yeah. And also, it's good how the Automa, like the way they just mob the entire board. Obviously, they've only got four mechs each, so all the empty axes fill up with workers. But the cardinal rule of Scythe when you're playing against other human beings is you can't touch a worker on its own because it's going to bring your popularity down. Yeah. But you have to, because otherwise you're not going to get any sort of foothold on the map. So it was like it a really interesting dynamic of like just going around murdering these mm. farm workers. And it's yeah. like, how do you then rebuff your popularity and be able to actually score points after the back of that? Well, with three of us, the board would be mostly empty, wouldn't it? And we'd be, yeah. you know, we'd have much larger empires, you'd have much bigger points and stuff. But with with all four AIs in play at once... The board was completely full by the end, uh, but very early on, as you say, you you kind of hemmed in by yeah. just workers, and it, it definitely becomes a case of right. I've got to take some of these guys out and and send them back home because for every space they're possessing, even if you can lose popularity for taking it, if you don't, it's going to add to their victory points at the end, and they all scored pretty highly, you know, yeah, um, against us. So, no, it does it does create a lot of interesting decision space in terms of how aggressive you need to be. To fight yeah. back against them. It's it's quite an efficient system in terms of gameplay because they the Automa will kind of get through all their stars at a steady rate. They'll move across the board at a steady rate, although it's quite alarmingly quickly to like to you. They they're going about it, you know, turn by turn like everybody else is. So you don't really feel cheated when they do do well, and at the same time you don't feel like um, you know if you start hammering one of them. Then it's you know it's a good feeling to be like you know I'm getting a getting up or getting ahead in this game, but yeah. it's, again it's not like a significant achievement at the uh, these level. It's um it's just really nicely done in order to like bring that extra challenge into the game without breaking it really or making anyone feel like oh no we've all kind of been pushed out of it. It's as well like Diotoma can beat you. Yeah. So that's really something to kind of think about and move ahead for. Did we did we have an outright winner or did Diotoma completely um, destroy us? Uh, I yeah I, I did. There we go. <laughs> nice. I did manage to beat them. I got beaten by two of them. Um, so you sort of landed in the middle of them, didn't you? Beat two of them, so there's the some achievement there. Oh, and you. I, I came dead last, I think. <laughs> but hey, you know, Otoma, I'll kind of Otoma. <laughs> it does, well, it does invite chaos as well, and I think it's it probably does. wrong to include all four of them and like fill up the entire board so quickly. It might have been better just to add a couple, you know, just to throw a bit of. Yeah. variety into the mix we were so cocky though like there's nothing gonna, that was going to stop us especially when that um like the initial setup procedure wasn't going entirely to plan <laughs> so our way of getting around it instead of reducing it to two was let's just put an extra one in that'll sort of fix it <laughs> two in. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. no there was a bit of confusion when i was setting up the app it didn't like three humans and four ais so i had to reset it as just four ais and pretend we weren't there which the app doesn't really notice then so it was a that's just something I'd have to report to the guy who runs it, but it was a bit weird. But once we figured that out, you know, yeah. it, it ran pretty smoothly. We didn't put the wind gambit in, which I'd like to do next time. Maybe reduce the number of AIs. Dep- well, it depends how many players we have. Yeah, you know? exactly. If we had five players, I think two AI, 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 AI would be <laughs> easier to manage. But one thing it's really done is whet my appetite for the Rise of Fenris expansion that's coming this month with the co-op legacy modules and yeah. everything else um because it always just reminds me how cleanly designed it is and how cleverly um yeah all of the actions you know interact with each other the bottom row and top row stuff and yeah 
it's such a cool game. Well, one of the um, one of the things that's kind of put me off getting Scythe in the past, um, from the point of like a personal purchase, because you've got it, so I can play it when it comes around, hopefully, is that how well would it play solo? But now playing with the automas and seeing how they operate. And knowing that it's not too much upkeep, like you're saying, like the app runs really well, or if you don't have the app, then there's a deck of cards that will manage it in the same way. It's just like a bit more homework for you to kind of investigate what each one's doing yeah. and keep on top of those. I think they'll make a brilliant solo game. So again, it's like, oh, that's not worth looking yeah. into there. I think it's a great solo experience. And, and I think uh, you and Sam complained about this last time that I'd played too much solo. And I think it gives you the edge a bit, maybe, because you learn... Uh, like more how to maximize your moves and yeah. stuff a little bit. Um, well, you you do you definitely have definitive strategies such as like get all the and like enlist all the recruits straight away. There's lots of different Things strategies, like but one of my favorites is enlist because as soon as you get all of your enlist recruits out, you're gaining the benefit of other people doing the bottom row actions. Um, it's not always the best thing to do because you might have a a sieve that doesn't produce food as well, in which case you have to sort of trade for those. But if you can get those down early, I've found, uh, in my humble experience, uh, you do, yeah, you st- like you could just be doing something and I gain popularity or, you know, gold out of it. And that yeah. soon starts to rack up. The earlier you get that done, the earlier you gain the benefits from it. But it's kind of like anything else. You know, if you get a windmill down early, you're suddenly producing um, 150% resources kind of thing. So... Like in that game, none of us had any wood. It just transpired that we couldn't build any buildings. Yeah. So that you always have to sort of react to A, the sieve that you get dealt, B, the engineering, agriculture, or whatever the secondary uh, ideology of your sieve is, uh, and C, your location and everything, and, and how, in this case, how the AI was playing out. So it's always, for me, it's always different. And I never feel like I know the, like Crimea I played today, I don't feel like, oh, yeah, I know these guys backwards. You just have to sort of go, oh, crap, if I do this, I'll get gold and, you know, and work out yeah. what the best approach is. And then you remember that you've got the secret mission cards halfway through and that <laughs> completely changes your train of thought and you go hell for leather on something else that, that that's telling you to do. But I managed to achieve that in this game, but then the previous strategy had gone out of the window trying to get that. So it's, uh, yeah, it throws a lot into the mix, doesn't it? I'll do what I do and realize yeah. halfway through that I can't actually fulfill the mission cards now because I've built too many workers. There's so much. Oh, I got, I basically, like, too much time. I took her in. Um, Daz ended the game just before I was going to move my character into a hex to fulfill one of my uh, secret objectives. Boo, and Daz. get a combat star and get extra hex VPs. But, you know, I should have done it. Like, you don't sound bitter about that at all. No, I'm, I'm never bitter. I never hold bridges. <laughs> I, I always, I always like to think that I lose games, you know, with a lot of grace. It <laughs> never seems to happen outright, but you know, one day. Um, but yeah, it's um, maybe something I should have done earlier in the game. But it's the game that Scythe is, isn't it? You're not going to achieve everything that you meant to achieve. It's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> that game is impossible. <laughs> no, I love it. It's um, it's always a great challenge, and like you're saying, with the way that the characters, um, sorry, the each um, faction and then the ideologies are set up. It's always going to give you a slight puzzle at the beginning of how do you build an engine that's going to be efficient enough to win with the game. Yeah. And that's what I love about it. And that maybe monkey see, monkey do in the terms of me trying to enlist all my recruits straight away could be why I kind of back myself into a corner because it, it takes a lot of resources to do that. Yeah. It takes a lot of resources to just push out all of your mechs. 
or to try and get all the upgrades. And if that's all you're concentrating on and it's potentially not the right thing for the combination you've got, then it could probably set you back. So, yeah, it's a good point. Maybe I should think about that next time I play. <laughs> yes, Scythe. I'll, it's one of those games I'm happy to break out whenever we can. And um, since Dave's not here <laughs> and he doesn't it's, like it's it, when he's not, will you have to break it out and yeah. play it? So, Daz, would you rate playing Scythe with or without Automa for the next game? Um, I think I'd probably knock it down in terms of the, the, the amount of teams. So maybe just two next time um, and try and space them out so there's a little bit more space in between us humans um, so we don't get too penned in. But I'd, yeah, I'd definitely use them again because they they mix things up quite a lot. Like the effect they had with the building that no one... Because that was partly to do with those as well that we couldn't get into areas where you could get the wood resource so no nobody built which is not something that's happened before yeah in in a game that i've played i mean you can actually trade for wood but none of us thought yeah. to do that oh i did i did it once i did it once and built a monument and then you got a free monument from a, a encounter. Card, an encounter yeah. card um but yeah all the forests were locked up deep, yeah. deep and the encounters people. they hoovered up all the encounters so we didn't get they to did those. yeah it was um, it was interesting that people weren't really um, doing the um, resource action. For the life of me, I can't remember what it is off the top of my head. This is going to frustrate me now. Trade it was no the other one. Uh, it was produce. Um, produce. There we go. So produce actions were happening quite early on in the game, and we we all did a few of them. And then all of a sudden, once all that secondary actions have been spent up. We just forgot about it and just traded. I think that's because like you and me run those two hex empires for so yeah. long. We'd produced literally all of the food y- yeah. that you could get. <laughs> but com- compared to last game where I think I traded like three times and produced every other turn, it was, you know, it's incredible how much just adding some AI players to scoop up all the hexes. Yeah, I think with that. humans as well, we were producing more workers because you could spread them out more easily. Whereas there was nowhere to put individual workers, so I don't think any of us got a worker star this time. No, yeah. no, I got about three workers out, two workers out. Yeah, yeah, I think I got four in the end. Yeah, yeah, out of a total of eight, mm. and I think I did the same as you four. So it, again, it it does it, it does change the dynamic quite a lot because you don't know what's gonna what's gonna be limited, you know what's gonna be threatened, and like we mentioned before, if you do produce loads of workers and leave them spread out the AI will just gobble them up. Like, they have no qualms about it. They don't lose popularity from doing it. They just sit at 10 popularity throughout the game. So, um, no, it is, it's good. You've got to protect your people and not spread yourself too thinly and, uh, and then decide when to strike into the heart of their empires and, and start churning their work. <laughs> well, that's it. And um, it's worth mentioning as well that the Automa rules aren't necessarily unique to Scythe. Morton's created similar sorts of systems for other games hasn't he so correct yeah. those would be well worth sort of uh, sniffing out and seeing how they've changed the game and developed the game as well yeah i think jamie employs them now for each game so they've done it for viticulture charterstone um and others <laughs> <laughs> and it's nice to see their little logo on like boxes like the scythe box and stuff because the effort that goes into making these rules play like other players without yeah. the, the ball ache and the upkeep is very clever and very yeah. uh, cool. There must be a crazy amount of playtesting out there. What was the name of the app as well? Was it Scythe Kick, did you say? Scythe Kick is the app, which is, uh, I forget the name of the guy who's designed it, but he's done an excellent job. And, and I believe it has been endorsed by Jamie Stegmaier and the team. Uh, and rightly so, because yeah. it just handles the decks for you. Otherwise, you would be shuffling one deck per AI sort of thing, which yeah. 
you could do, but it'd just get a bit... You have to share it around the table, really, painful. wouldn't you? And I think so. Yeah, yeah I think would, I can imagine that getting quite boggy, unfortunately. Yeah. Technology to the rescue there. Yeah, it's not often I argue for the integration of apps with games, but I think mm. in this case, if you are going to play with the automas, it's, it's probably the best way to do it. Manchester's of Madness would disagree. <laughs> like I the would game disagree. 400%. Why are we not playing that? That's a great game. <laughs> okay, well, there you have it. Scythe, a brilliant game made all the more brilliant by the Automa rules. So well done, Morton. Well done, Jamie. We'll um, be back for more gaming next week. Um, we'll see you then. Take care, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.